Hello and welcome to the last week on Two Minutes About Time. This week we'll be doing a couple of different specials to just wrap up the show in a nice way. But today's episode, if you want to know what we look like, is actually available in video form. A slightly different cut of this episode, but pretty much the same thing. Check out the video version if you'd like to know what we're like, and uh, enjoy the episode whichever way you choose to consume it. This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello. And with a whole blend of guests from the history of this show. I am joined with, in alphabetical order, Helen Austin. Uh, hello. Um, as I said, my name's Helen Austin. Um, I worked with Luke on Unstable. Um, I'm an actress, and I'm happy to be here. Um, Curtis Blaze. Hey, everybody. I'm Curtis Blaze. I uh, do a podcast called The What I Wish I Didn't Know Show, and I'm a photographer, and I'm just thrilled to come back to do another episode of this show with you, Luke and Robert. Johan Joseph. Hello, everyone. Uh, I did work on the Independence Day Minute, the Starship Troopers Minute, and I was previously on this podcast with the Infamous Oral Sex Minute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Lockhart. Hey, how you doing? I'm Brian with the Marine Corps Movie Minute podcast, where we're doing Heartbreak Ridge right now with Clint Eastwood. And uh, just like everybody else, I'm happy to be back. And Brian, we did try to get Graham Curry on for this episode, but he, uh, he unfortunately says he does quizzes on Wednesdays. But he wished us ah. luck with the show. Had a nice chat with him. None of you will know who Graham Curry is, but you're in for an interesting episode when we get to the one that's dedicated <laughs> to Graham Curry. <laughs> I mean, Robert, do we say or do we just leave it like that? Yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> okay. And uh Resword. Hi, I'm Resword. Welcome to my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a student filmmaker. And Katie Proctor. Hi, I'm Katie, I'm an actress and also a poet, and like the others, I'm just really happy to be back. So, the idea for this episode, however well it will end up working out, I will randomise a number using the just the Google number randomizer between 1 and 119. It could be any minute from the film. Some of the guests who've been on may have discussed this minute before. They may not have discussed this minute. And it's just time to find out what it is. Right, so... The number for now is number 69. Okay, I've found the page in the script as well. So minute 69 involves Mary undressing for Tim to help him make the decision as to who the best man is. Okay, so I guess the good thing would be to start with Helen because you haven't seen the film yet. So Damn still. it, Luke! <laughs> still. <laughs> got dropped in that. I, I feel like you... I feel like from the minutes we've given you, Helen, you think this this film seems a lot more sex-based than it actually is. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to end up seeing those puppies or not. <laughs> I thought it looked quite... I thought it made the film look quite funny from that scene. Yeah, you're right. It definitely seems more sexual than, I'm guessing, most of the other minutes. 
all of the different scenes you've seen me. Your episode involves Tim nearly sleeping with Charlotte, so you're really not getting the best view of this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think every scene he's been in that I've seen, he's been with a different woman. Which, from what I've heard, is not the the way the no. film goes <laughs> at all. I thought it seemed quite funny. Do we, does he ever pick a best man? I don't know. Analyzing movies one minute at a time has made me pay attention to movies more closely than I ever have in my life. <laughs> and I noticed that before she suggested that she was going to take off all of her clothes per, or one piece of clothing per answer, she was already preparing the room by closing the windows, uh-huh. which I thought was a nice touch. Well, I like that she thought that part through, but not thought it through enough to wear extra <laughs> yeah. clothing. Mm. And she, like, Is this the first time that she undresses for him ever? No, that can't be right, right? No, they mm. have sex okay. the... The first night she first, meets him. The first time they meet the third time. Mm. Um, well, the third time they meet the first time, I guess. That makes more sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering all the more ways we can confuse Helen. It's, it's really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I would be super interested to know what you think is going on here, Helen. I think we have this... Um, the, so, when I first did my episodes, I was sat with, with Luke and Robert. Well, I watched them beforehand, and what I thought was happening was not at all what was happening in the film. <laughs> it, I could tell that maybe it was time travel, but I, I wasn't... I didn't know it was time travel. I just thought he was, like, thinking through... He was he was in a theatre, and it kept going back in time, and he kept changing his answers to things. Which works with Robert's theory that maybe there isn't actually any time travel in the film, and it's all just a, a story technique to, to, yeah. to help it, him process it, it things. It kind of came across like he was thinking through what he wanted to say, and then kept thinking of how the other person would respond, and went, no, 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 that's not a good thing to say, and then changed his mind, and then changed his mind again. And then you were like, by the way, it's about time travel. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> I see a whole different, different side to it. Yeah. Well, it could have been like the, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies where they would show oh, yeah. it all yeah. play out and then you go back and see what really happens. So. Oh, I was Although thinking this... maybe, maybe Robert's idea was that this was, uh, instead of a time travel movie, it was like next. The, oh, who is that? The, uh, the film where, Oh, what's that crazy guy? Nicholas Cage can go forward in time like oh. two minutes to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. yeah. I forgot. Because that, that the stuff he does, the power he has in that movie is a lot like what she's describing from the theater scene. Well, I think we just got a fan theory going here where Nick Cage and, um, uh, now I'm gonna blow, I'm blanking on names, but basically they're related. <laughs> Nick Cage yeah. is like a cousin. That would, yeah, that like, would really explain the portrait. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a painting which the set decorator has told us isn't Nick Cage. There's a painting that looks an awful lot like Nick Cage in the family home. Uh, for I'm telling you, there you go. We, that's wow. proof right there. <laughs> so Nicholas Cage. Was I need in to the watch this family. movie. I'd like to know uh, what other questions. Like, how, it t- it would take two more questions to uh, get her all the way uh, no, down. Just one more. Is that accurate? She doesn't have socks on. Oh, just one more question. Oh, oh, oh. How insignificant of a decision could he have made and still had that count? It doesn't seem so. <laughs> yeah, like the last question rules. is what flavor cake? <laughs> that's a very important it could be, decision. I guess. Yeah, I was just saying that's probably the most important. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like I feel like the congregation remember the cake more than they remember who the best man was. <laughs> yeah, well, because like um, I'm not sure if anybody else has had to plan a wedding, but this third question of who should be the best man. 
even if there's boobs on the line, is very critical and very hard to think of. And I could totally understand his point of view where he just gets stumped. Like <laughs> you, you can't just spit out a name and be like, "Yeah, that that's a good enough name." And it's like, "No, yeah, wait, oh." If you can spit one out that easily, you'd already know because yes. you'd have that friend that's obviously the best man. Yeah. Or if you yeah, have you the power of time travel, that... you just go back. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which I didn't have that power. But... <laughs> Hence, divorce, but. <laughs> but, whoa. But he, but the thing is, so what he said is right, that the person I, cho- I chose at the time gave a horrible speech. Ah. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we, we see Jay's speech later on, and it is a horrible speech. Yes. But, I mean, have we got any other comments before we randomize to our next minute? And if it ends up being the sex scene, then Helen's a bad luck charm. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I got, oh. I was going to say, the fact that there was a strip tease on minute 69. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Relatively oh, so what yeah, what yeah. if they were cutting but, down words in the uh, the script just to get this to happen? Like, <laughs> that, that's why they cut it I out. I feel like the editor is like, keep I gotta this... put that in this minute. <laughs> Yeah. To, to keep this on, a... on the family-friendly tone, we won't I- explain why that's funny. They either know they, or they, they don't. Well, you know, they knew somebody was going to break it down minute by minute, so they, they did it for that purpose. So, kids listening, here's what this means. <laughs> there was a minute-long conversation of how they explained like, everything. Everything that would have, like, help, and they're like, no, we got to get rid of that. This this part got yeah. 69. Well, I was, I was going to make one comment about the whole striptease time travel thing. This this scene reminds me of Billy Madison when his girlfriend was teaching at, uh, was trying to teach Adam Sandler, no, yeah. and for every question he got right, she would remove a bit of clothing. Mm-hmm. The gag in that is they cut back later when he's really acing it, and it's Chris Farley, and he's like, "That is correct," and he starts yeah. taking his shirt off. <laughs> I would have liked to see Tim. Go back like we suggested over and over again to keep seeing this with the better answers, but but he screwed something up and there's Chris Farley instead of his wife. <laughs> or it's his uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right. oh. Uncle Desmond taking off his suit. Go back, go back, go back. I feel like if Uncle Desmond took off his tie, it would feel too uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the layers for this kind of thing. Yeah. I liked Uncle Desmond. He was awesome. Okay, so we'll randomly select the next minute. 36. I'm now scared because that could be the sex scene. <laughs> 36. No, Robert. 36 is the, uh, is the museum. Oh, okay. Oh, so just the topless picture of Kate Moss instead. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're not, you're not making your case very well. Yeah. Show, so I'm just... It involves Tim meeting Mary for the second time, yet Mary meeting Tim for the first time. So once again, Helen, I'll pop to you as the the person who hasn't seen this before. Well, you know, one minute she's getting her puppies out for him, and then the next minute she's she's not even met him. So that's an interesting view to have of the film before seeing it. Yeah. I think if I hadn't known it was about time travel, I would in this scene. Yeah. Definitely. You do almost feel sorry for him, like, oh, you've messed up, are you gonna be able to fix this? Because, you know, you've already, you've already rewritten history, I guess. Um, you've already rewritten it so that you haven't met yet. 
um, are you going to be able to fix this? Which I'm sure you all know he does, I guess. Yeah, the rest of the film isn't just him, like, crying in a dark room. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I mean, it's a a good minute, as we discussed quite in detail on the show, as to why on earth they decided to do it in front... Which, it, I mean, you didn't see the end of the other minute, but this is the only moment of nudity in the film, is the mm-hmm. picture of Kate Moss in the background. And it's like, why? Because that's one of the main reasons it's an R in the States. It's a 12A here, and it got an R in the States for language and nudity. So that's just strange, and JP told us that that was deliberate. <laughs> but I can't remember why. <laughs> it just seems... Well, probably... Uh, I'm not saying probably. Maybe it was like Super 8, and it was just some production value that they could add. This thing happened to be showing at the museum. Well, they, this they created this exhibit, so they have all the, they have a bunch of Kate Moss photos on the walls. So there is that. Oh, it was a, this was a recreation. Yeah. Yeah. The real exhibit. I did not closed. know that. And so okay. they borrowed this stuff. But a lot yeah, of, yeah, I guess. Okay. Even that photo of her, that is kind of a famous one of her. So yeah. it, I mean, I mean, it makes sense that it would be there. It's just very strange that here. Here's the weird thing about it is because that photo would be considered art in such a way because of the way yeah. because of yes. its its iconicness. But you can put this this scene on YouTube because it's considered art and it becomes uncensored. That's why it makes it weird that the R rating comes in for nudity. Yeah. I mean, yeah, considering. Yeah. Back in the 80s, you would get, uh, what was Clash of the Titans? Yeah. They had a lot of nudity in it. Mm-hmm. And that was a PG oh, there movie. Were, there was boobs all over G movies back in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we've discussed previously uh, on our show that like Smokey and the Bandit 3 had a lot of nudity and it was a PG movie. And we're like, why? It's, it's Smokey and the Bandit. It doesn't need it. <laughs> and weirdly, that was released as an 18 in the UK, which I, I, mean, I haven't seen any Smokey and the Bandits, but I haven't researched that. That was an 18 when it was a PG. Yeah, so at least it's a, it's a role reversal here. I mean, we've obsessed. I think all of you have been on episodes where I've obsessed about age ratings. So you know my my fascination about the the age rating system. But I mean, the whole exchange we get here is brilliant and one of the most iconic moments in the film. I think his realization when he re- when he realized that he messed up and that they haven't met and that little f bomb he drops, even though it's. You know, that's one of the things that got it an R. It was so perfectly timed in the way he delivered it. Just like, oh man, I really messed up. And it's, yeah. to me, it's also funny. The way- yeah, all, all, all <laughs> oh, the yeah. uses of bad language in the film are really good. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. an advocate for filling films with bad language. I, mean, I know we had a, a little bit in Unstable and stuff, but like, it's, yeah, like I, I didn't watch it and think, oh, it's full with swears or whatever. I, I watched it and thought, Every single one of them was either funny or emotional. Most of mm-hmm. the time funny, there is one moment, which those of you who've seen it and remember, Lindsay Duncan mm. as the mother delivers it, yes. and it almost brings me to tears when she says it. So it's every use of bad language in this film is beautiful. <laughs> I think it's because it's well-placed instead of everywhere. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, a, not... it's a lot more frequent in the script. And, and in this minute in particular, that is very realistic it's how somebody, when they dawns on them, just how bad they messed up, how they might just say that to themselves the way Tim does, and it it's it, it works. Yeah, because if you're meeting somebody new, you're not dropping a bunch of f bombs, but then when you realize <laughs> you you screwed up like he did, you're gonna drop it because yeah. you really messed up. So. Oh, and that's something I was gonna say too. As you know, we know that he's saying it because he messed up. 
but to her, it doesn't come off as uh, vulgar because no, I feel probably the Sarens, the character can also sense that there's something more going on with him, mm-hmm. and maybe yeah. even that use kind of kept her curious enough to stay in the conversation for longer. Yeah, yeah, that that actually makes me wonder. Like, does she have some sort of feeling because this has happened before? Like, like you know, like mm. it's it's almost like it's fate, but it's just yeah. happening differently now. So, yeah, because, I mean, if this was just me walking up to random cute girl <laughs> and I acted like this, man, cops are getting called, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's kind of a creep. It, when she says total stranger, it, it's funny she doesn't say total creep. It, it is almost like, well, he's, he can, he's not, he's not aggressive. He's not, he's just, you can tell almost he's shy. And he, and again, he's, he's awkward. He's like that cute awkward, I guess, maybe is what, but also, that's where I was wondering, like, because they've already met, because they've already had a connection, is there still a connection there, even though he messed up mm. his history? Is there still something in the universe that's kind of faded them to... I don't think it would be impossible that she could sense something. There's nothing... Uh, I think that's more of an extra thing. Yeah, I mean, Robert, how far into Tim finding out that he can time travel is this moment? Where does it stand in the timeline? This is 2007, this is June, and the movie starts uh, New Year's of 2004 to 2005, so a couple years. So it's weird that it's taken this long for Tim to talk to someone who he hasn't met yet? Yeah, it's this long before he screws something up <laughs> through time travel. Because you'd feel like he would have figured out how it all works by now. Or he'd or he'd realize this possibility while sitting in the museum for four days. Or could he have possibly? Could he have possibly been using his time travel to, I don't know, like fix his homework that he didn't realize, like a real life implication of working with someone? Yeah, like he's actually talking to someone about this. It makes it different because I think uh, (laughs) near the end he's actually time traveling to pinpoint moments versus this one. He just tried to go to a spot without having to overwrite one. Uh, a certain day like, like there's more of a buffer between something he did versus this day than near the end of the movie well that brings up something we never i don't think we ever talked about in the show because the first time he time travels he time travels in the cupboard mm-hmm. to being in the cupboard yeah when yes. in the past he shouldn't have been in the cupboard i think we, we touched so on somehow this somehow his past self has some yeah. like a weird random urge to get inside a cupboard so that he can replace them yeah, I, I think I only just edited an episode where you mentioned that first. Yeah. And that was like the penultimate episode or something. So it was, it's something I've, I, I have wondered. Like, does Tim just vanish or does he actually just go, I'm just going to go upstairs and walk into a cupboard? Yeah, at a certain because, point, does he just make sure he's in the dark at least like every hour on the hour just in case for later? Well, because that also went. means that he'll know that he's got to go back in time and fix something. Well, if... Like Brian was saying, if she has some connection beyond the flow of time to him, and that's why she stands here long enough, rather than being creeped out, maybe his past self knows something's about to happen, and suddenly he wants to be in the dark. Well, I don't he know. obviously went and hid in the cupboard after he didn't kiss that girl. <laughs> but he was he was trying to find Narnia in there, and it just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, here's the weird, the question that I have because when he the New Year's party, he cannot time travel, but. Right. He doesn't get it till later on. So he actually time travels. He gets it the next morning. Yeah. So he actually time travels to a point where he actually doesn't have that ability. Which also happens at the end. No spoilers. Yes. But he's holding hands with his father. (laughs) Yeah. No, he's not. Actually. Oh. 
I just watched the movie again last week, and they well, are not holding hands, which I was going to talk about when we did the commentary. Oh. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Like so my guess is that he's always had the ability, but his dad chose not to tell him until he was at an age where he was responsible to use I feel it. like he'd accidentally do it sometime, then. Yeah, I think what, you just, sort of he, a, yeah, I he's hiding in a cupboard out of embarrassment. He's like, "Oh, I should have <laughs> yeah. done that differently," and he just randomly goes. And he wishes he were he wishes he were back in time to uh-huh. do it all over again. And boom. Well, may, may, I mean, it, it, it could be like I mean, I'm just currently as part of uh, my pre-enrollment college stuff, reading the book of Time Traveler's Wife. Mm. Like when the guy from Time Traveler's Wife yeah, first finds out traveler. that he can time travel, when the time traveler first finds out he can time travel. It's when he's a kid, and his parents, like, they don't know at that point. Their parents just say, oh, it must have just been a dream you had. Like, that that could be how it was for Tim. That it's just yeah. for ages. It's just that. It's just a weird Well, yeah, and what a, happens a to past Tim when he gets replaced? Is he in the back of his head watching everything that happens, being confused? Just some serious deja vu. He's yeah, just no. out, he's out on the beach having fun with Boy Posey. Because we know they eventually <laughs> remember stuff. Because Kit Kat remembers stuff immediately. Yeah, she remembers right. both. Which then, Boy Posey is a whole tragedy because he's got a year of a kid he remembers that <laughs> never happened. Yeah, it's just I, I'm I'm just gonna be more and more intrigued as to when Helen first watches this film with just these these <laughs> odd phrases like Boy Posey. <laughs> I, I mean, the more we talk about it, the more the time you know time stream continuum is just completely collapsing on itself and my head is going to explode. (laughs) Well, weirdly, and it's something I've said a few times on this show, which is very odd considering the format of the show and how it works, is that it's not a time travel film when you're supposed to think about it. Like, it's just supposed to be, yeah, this is how the rules of time travel work. If we're trying to think of all the times that he would, in the past, have to go in cupboards so he can be replaced by his future self, third person, it makes him look like a guy with some really weird social anxiety issues we yes. well we we <laughs> talked with the, who's, well, who the guest was and i think i bleeped the entire thing about what his family might think takes place what guest it was no yeah i think it's uh it's it's one of those those strange things i mean if, if we do start thinking about the rules of time travel the emotional end scene falls to pieces in your hands. Now, just for the kids listening, if when you get to a certain age, you have the urge to be alone and, you know, interact with yourself in interesting ways in the dark, go ahead. It's healthy. And maybe you'll time travel. <laughs> but yeah, so let's, let's, let's randomly generate another minute. Four. I think we might be safe from, from anything inappropriate, uh, on, on number, on number four. Uh, yeah. It's the, it's the New Year's party, the first time round. I really like what you said, Robert, I mean, in the original episode hmm. about, you know, what, what's the guy's name that kick out? Jimmy. 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 That Jimmy was holding the drink yep. and giving it. Yeah, he's worrying alcohol. And then later on, yeah. and then later on, his the reason for her alcohol problems. The, for the alcohol problems, and I really. I really like that. Yeah, and it, and it cuts from it him was... pouring drink into her mouth to them with like their hands twisted around each other drinking together. And that's yeah, that's their, how the relationship's going to be. Yeah, I, I, well, I heard it. I was like, okay, I'll write that down. I'll steal that. 
<laughs> the script is just so tight. Everything is, everything is uh, telegraphed beforehand like this. Yeah. Well, we had a thing we kept Every finding out this is movie just people, reveals more. People didn't remember this movie after seeing it once, and then they'd like it more the second time. I think it's because of stuff like that. Like you don't know who Jimmy is. You don't know he matters until later. You don't. We haven't seen. We've barely seen the dad at this point, but he's dancing in the scene. You know. It's mm-hmm. it's twenty. It's 26 senses <laughs> as you watch this the second time. Yeah, because I think one of the things that makes it important is that the person who wrote the screenplay, because he definitely had the vision towards the end, is he also... Because that wasn't in the script, that they were feeding right. each other the drinks or that he started it. It, it. He added it in later on. So I think that is a good touch with the fact that the person had control of how the characters were going to be developed in this world also had part in the origin. Yeah. Because sometimes you get that disconnect between writer and director in certain cases like that. And this one, that little touch that does mean something, down is something that you get when uh, you have a good combo of writer-director, but fortunately, it's both the same person. Yeah. It's definitely fortunate that, that Richard is able to do that. And this was his last film directing, Um and he decided, like, on the, on the set that, or at some point during production, that this was going to be his last film. Incidentally, he said it was sort of linked to the theme of the film, the idea that he wants to spend more time appreciating the moment, appreciating time with his family, which makes sense. But it is interesting that this is the film he decided to, to leave on, because although Richard Curtis' directing in this is incredible, you say Richard Curtis, people don't think director, right. people think writer, because that's, that's what he's known for. A Richard Curtis movie could be directed by anyone, and it's still a Richard Curtis movie. I don't know, because like, every director has their like yeah. separate thing, you know? I mean, it yeah, means something. It, but, but a good screenwriter has yeah. their things as well that get past the director. Yeah. So you can still tell. Helen, we didn't ask you this time about this being your first impression of this minute. What did you get? I think, I can't remember exactly what wording you said was in the script, but the very first line was something like, um, good music starts playing. I was watching this minute just mm-hmm. dancing along right, the whole time singing. I noticed on the, I didn't notice until this time around that there were people in the party who were singing along. <laughs> yeah, you were here on the local, be like dancing yeah, around. Yeah, I and... thought about that. I was like, oh, this is the audio yeah. now. <laughs> you got a little so, surprise, Luke. I, I, I actually have a question for Helen about this. Uh, so okay. we went from 69 to 36 to <laughs> 4. What do you think about seeing how awkward Tim is and his growth through the movie? Because you've kind of seen it from when he's with a woman to trying to hit it off with Mary and the way he dances with Polly. Yeah, I mean, I think at this rate, I'm basically yeah. watching the film in reverse. I might as well just start with the last minute and work my way backwards. About time, um, memento edition. <laughs> <gasps> oh. I, I think you've yeah, just given Robert like, the idea for his next Movies by Minute project. I want to do Memento that way. He is so <laughs> awkward. That scene, I, I was cringing when I watched that bit where where he doesn't kiss her and the music changes. That's such a good moment for the music to change. Because he still had time when he realised. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like He shook her hand and said sorry. Everyone was still kissing. He could have 100% got away with that. <laughs> yeah, he just said yeah. sorry and then kissed her. Yeah. yeah. Well, the sorry is what what sells is how awkward and pathetic uh-huh. he is in that moment. Yeah, because he realizes like, it. So, yeah, <laughs> he just can't help it. Okay, so in in the in the script, once again, Helen, this isn't what the rest of the film was like. In the script, 
He goes back in time and kisses her as we see in the film. Right. We then cut ahead to him waking up in the morning and Polly comes out of the bathroom. He's just slept with Polly, but then he realises it was her first time and undoes it because he doesn't think he should have been her first time. No. No, no. that guy. No, yeah, that's yeah. not good. That, <laughs> yeah. I, I can see why that was cut. That just would not have worked as, like, Tim's first time travel and for him to have screwed up that much. You could make no, a movie it's... about that, though. It'd be a horrible, toxic masculinity kind of movie, but you could do it. Just goes around yeah. sleeping yeah. with people and then erasing well, it. <laughs> the, yeah, and then the he's re- also, if he does that, it's kind of like he's making decisions on behalf of other people. Yes. That they were comfortable yes. with in the first place. It's not like they, they weren't prepared for something. They made a decision yeah. and then he's decided to rewrite that. Sit different. So, but the thing is that, that I want to, the, the the reason why I was wondering about that question is because his level of awkwardness, it seems to be the same, but he's just more yeah. confident in his awkwardness because he knows he can fix it. Yeah. Versus the beginning of Yeah, he's story. never had to fix his awkwardness. Yeah. Yes, have so you, um, here. Have you ever sat with someone, um, or, or seen, a, seen a film like this, for example, and you thought, oh, you know, if I, maybe there'd be a chance that with certain people this person wouldn't be quite as awkward, or, oh, they're both parents, it takes two people to make this situation awkward, all it takes is for one person to start talking to the other person. Let me, to, to know let me answer awkward. that real quick. Not for let him. me answer that real quick. Yes, I have a mirror. So <laughs> but if it wasn't, you know, with him, it, it feels like no matter who is there, no matter what they're doing, he will still make it awkward. There yes. is no fixing that. Does anyone else feel personally attacked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm never, probably related to him the most. Yeah. <laughs> no, these are things I say to myself every night. You could have fixed this. You could have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's my misery. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, like I say, well, these, these, these are all sort of, yeah, like all, all of the things that Tim redoes are the sort of things you think about in the shower the next day. It's just yes. like you're, you're sat there thinking, ah, oh, if only I'd said that. If only I'd done this. If, mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're I, in I the do, argument, I and do. Then later on, you're yeah. like, ah, oh, I should have said that. I do love the fact <laughs> that Tim is still awkward, like through most of the film. That he he doesn't use that ability and then be like, ah, well now, now I'm invincible. It's yeah. like, which is like, it's just because he just things. is awkward and there's no way around it. Mm-hmm. He he can't think of a way yeah. out of it well, to go back in time genetic. and undo it. Because his father's awkward and so is Posey. Yeah, when they remove yeah. the yeah. whole scene where he tries to sleep with Polly, I think it becomes important because it makes it seem like he becomes too cocky and confident. It, well, yeah, it if we find out that Tim that Tim can sleep with people, technically it, it's dangerous grounds because it would be that Tim could it sleep is. with someone and that person would not know that he'd slept with her. If we if we knew from Tim's first time travel thing that he can go about and do these things and remove these things and all of that stuff, then a all of his little decisions, little errors would seem of so little consequence. We well, yeah, if, if he erased, we it, just though. wouldn't like him. I, I, yeah, I, I like him into a predator. Like uh, what, um, what it turns the movie into, Limitless. Yeah, it's more like, like hey, tonight was awesome. Yeah, it's more like he would be a paladin well, from the movie Jumper. Yeah. He'd be one of the people with the superpowers, but it'd be it'd be from the bad guy's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead, he all he does is kiss Polly, and Polly's happy. That's all. We yeah, need. That, <laughs> I like yeah. the innocence of it all. I think yeah, it's brilliant right. that that it, she. I mean, we, we discussed on the show that it seemed like she didn't want any more from Tim. Tim, in that moment, basically made 
her yeah, yeah. Someone kiss <laughs> I think what makes this look like what makes Polly kind of adorable in this thing is the way she dances, she <laughs> seems just as awkward yes. oh, as yeah. him. Yeah. But yeah. what makes her different in this is it seems like she's been dreaming about getting that New Year's Eve kiss and this is probably the closest she's been and she's just confidently awkward yeah. about the whole mm. evening. Confidently. Yeah, she dances that, him into a corner. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And she <laughs> when she throws the dress over her face for some reason, it's it's adorably awkward. Yep. But she's no better than him in such a way other than the the time travel. Just real quick, does Jimmy remind everybody anybody of Cillian Murphy, if I said it right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Killian. I, I mean, I yeah, Killian. Yeah, yeah. I was messing up. I know up, the name. I, <laughs> I don't know the name. Just I'll briefly, be the, uh, I, I'll be the listener that doesn't know what that is. What what is that? Killian Murphy, uh, star of Twenty Eight Days, days Later. Sorry, had to put that in. Yeah, uh, he played, scarecrow played the Scarecrow. The yeah, and uh, Peaky Pe- Peaky Binders or whatever. Yeah. Isn't that the one he's yeah. on? Yeah, Binders. Yeah, and he was Blinders. with <laughs> Rachel. He was as well. He was in Rachel McAdams with Red Eye. He was in yes. Rachel McAdams. <laughs> <laughs> no. Full <laughs> wording. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that movie. <laughs> I don't remember that scene, so I'm gonna have to rewatch that. I, that's new to me. <laughs> the only thing, uh, it tried to the be only well, thing I've got to left to say it. about the only thing I've got left to say about this minute is that now I'm kind of I'm a little bit heartbroken that this isn't a movie where Polly and he end up together. Yeah, they seem like a good fit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's just so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> The only problem with that is they're both super awkward and you need somebody in the relationship not totally a goofball and, she's and Mary's a whole other she's, she's goofy and awkward, but yeah, but she, yeah, exactly. She's totally, she's awkward in her own way, but she's yeah. definitely oh, more yeah. level-headed, you know, not like comically awkward. So this, this minute just makes me, just makes me pine for Polly's happiness. Yep. <laughs> that could be the sequel. Well, and it's even worse because. <laughs> Briefly, uh, he does erase this moment when he takes Kit Kat back, but yeah. Then he erases that, so I guess this happened. I don't. Know. <laughs> Hashtag Tolly, some shit mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Tim and Molly, yeah, gotta ship them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably all that we've got to say on four yeah. before we mm-hmm. move to the next yeah. thing. Helen, I know you've got to head off. I mean, do you want to say briefly where we can find you on on social media and whereabouts um, to keep a lookout for you? Yes, so my the name I use for, for acting is Helen May Austin. May is spelled M-A-E. And I'm that name on all the social medias that I should be findable on. For example, Instagram. Yeah, it's been great fun. Thank you. Thank you. It's been Thanks fun for coming to, on. to watch the film backwards. Yeah, who are you going to pick on now? I don't know. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll call on my dog. Bring him on. Are you comparing me to your dog? No, okay. This is the place to end. Do you need to go in the cupboard real quick? Yeah, just, just give, give me a sec. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks so much for joining us, Helen. Thanks. Okay, cool. Thank have you very much you. for having me. So, shall we okay, generate so guy a minute? Talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this what is what we really need. think about him going back yeah. to deflower. <laughs> So the big, so the big question: Polly, Mary, or Charlotte? Who do we think Tim should have ended up with? Ended up with, I'd, say, I'd still say Mary. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
I, I'm going to stay with Polly. I think I, I'm going to stay with Polly. It depends. Just, yeah, I, we don't know enough that. about Polly. If if he didn't have the time traveling, it would have to be Polly. Oh yeah, because I think it was obviously if he did, if he didn't have the if he had didn't have the time travel, I don't think he would have actually got with. Now, if there's no time Mary, travel, you know? did he run to Polly's house in the morning and just kiss her and say sorry for last night? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. It might just be the same awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you this. I experienced something very similar in my life where there was the awkward didn't kiss but almost kissed moment <laughs> with a girl and we that did end up later on acknowledging that and let it lead to a relationship. Um, and it ended awfully. It was terrible. I was about to clap that. <laughs> So when uh, <laughs> so when Tim goes back with Kit Kat, I know this ends up getting arranged, but if it didn't get arranged, would Tim have still kissed Polly? Well, no, because he's busy with Kit Kat in that moment. But he comes out of a different cupboard, so that could have been after, right? It could have been right after. He could have come back out for the awkward moment. See, here's the thing that uh, I was thinking when he did that. Would Jimmy have ended up with Polly? And screwed up her the, life. the association, the, <laughs> the idea is that Jimmy would have just ended up with anyone else, isn't it? Because that's what's sort of joked about. And yeah. and he seems like a predator type. Mm-hmm. So oh, he hundred percent is awkward, stuck in a corner. And Jimmy, like, was just like everybody witnessed him getting his. <laughs> I'd hope so too. But also, I don't, yeah. I don't think we see enough of Jimmy to to see why she likes him. I, I mean, I know it's a different story, a different film, but I. I, I don't feel like we can make fair judgment on Jimmy based on how little we see of him. Although how little we see of him, he's awful. Yeah, other, other than him yeah. flirting with the, the bartender at the wedding. But we don't know Most if they were of what we actually see of him, he's not that bad. We he don't... obviously worries yeah. about Kit Kats. Yeah. Because when yeah. he goes yeah. to the house and he's like, you know. Mm-hmm. He's worried that he's going make it better. I don't think he's like. Yeah, he seems, he seems alright then. Worse. Clearly he's, he's a friend of the family or yeah. something because he was at the he's, party. Yeah, he's not absolutely toxic of a person. He's just a bad influence on her. Yeah. yeah. Because she's very Im- impressionable. Are we ready to generate another minute? Sure. Yeah. If this ends up being sure. the perfect one, we could have had Helen discuss. Like, <laughs> No, it's going to be the sexy. Just get her back. <laughs> <laughs> we need you we'll back. We have an emergency sexy. Get back here. <laughs> it's uh, so it's a nice. <laughs> it's a nice round of like, We need you for the sex scene. Come back. <laughs> fifty. Fifty. What's fifty? I can't even think. It's about where you are now, isn't it? I yeah, it must be. It must be around the. Oh, it is. It's sex. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this was planned. You did this on purpose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thumbnail for the video. <laughs> I'm going to text Helen and tell her to come back. <laughs> At least we know that Helen isn't the, uh, the reason for all of this. Oh, did Reese did Reece send you a message? <laughs> Amateurs. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for popping back on. I nearly sent you a message, so right. clearly yeah. <laughs> Reese did. Sorry. Come up. 
thought, you know, it had been talked about so much. I thought I may, <laughs> may as well see the, the scene you've been talking about. Yeah, that's, um, that's an, it's awkward watching that scene. I think maybe if you have more context, you know he's an awkward guy anyway, but, um, yeah, I was watching that definitely being like, oh, okay, you're gonna say that? That's, that's a strange thing to say. It's an odd one. It's a, uh, <laughs> anyone want to talk? Everybody's speechless. <laughs> no. Alright, well, I have a question about semantics then, and of course, it has to do with time travel, right? Yes, this might be the same question we had. Okay, so, if he goes back in time, is he starting fresh each time, or is he done this physically? Physically, so, so... Because later he goes into his childhood self, so clearly it's physical changes. So, each time it should be a fresh start for him, so it's not Uh like his stamina should basically be... At the same level every single time, correct? <laughs> Physically, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so when she's so the way it's filmed, you would think that he's like wiped out, and she only thinks it's the one time, but he's really done it three. But yeah, but basically, so so it's really wouldn't be that big of a deal for him to be so exhausted at on the third time when she's kind of implying what once is only enough or isn't enough. Well, unless time travel also takes energy. Well, yeah, 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 true. But now he's too exhausted to even travel. Yeah. Ugh. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> he could just time travel to this night, like whenever he's born. Oh, right. <laughs> if, she's on, if she's on a business trip or something. Yeah, but then, it, but then wrong, one wrong move, and they could just like not be together when he comes back. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hope it's not. I hope it's not that fragile. But you never know their relationship. I hope it's not that fragile. Yeah. But you'd hope. But yeah, that that would be weird. He just he just sort of thinks, ah, you know, you know, like he, he's just stuck on his own, waiting for a train, and he's like, I'll just pop by. Yeah, yeah, they're married for like ten years, and he goes back and ruins it all because he did something wrong that one night, <laughs> right at the beginning. Whenever she's not in the mood, he goes back here. And yeah. She finds out. No, but so here's the thing about this scene, especially where she goes, so once is not enough for my perfect guy. Mm-hmm. Does it get into his head like? Oh, I didn't have to go back every time. I could have just kept doing it every like all night. Where can our listeners right. find you on social media, Johan? You guys can find me on the Independence Day Minute, which we finished about Independence Day, and previous podcast was the Roughneck Minute, which was Starship Troopers. Okay, so who's next for social media plugs? I've uh let's see, you can find me, this is Curtis, you can find me uh just at my name, Curtis Blaze dot link. CursePlaysLink.tree, whatever link tree is, put my name on it, and that's where all of my stuff is. That's Better Off Dead Minute, all the other stuff, a thousand different guest spots, uh, my photography, the news site, everything. And it's been amazing being on. Today was so much fun. I, I had no idea what we were going to be in for. It was just, I, I, I thought there's no way this can work, and <laughs> it's been, I'm surprised it's, it's worked. <laughs> I'm uh, Brian Lockhart with the Marine Corps Movie Minute Podcast, and we are currently breaking down movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time, just like two minutes about time, but only doing one minute at a time. And we are um, you we're doing heartbreak. <laughs> or dumber. But, um, well, your episodes are half the length, but uh, <laughs> so clearly it's about equal. <laughs> we're doing Heartbreak Ridge, and it's the Clint Eastwood movie where he trains a bunch of knucklehead Marines. And uh, we can be found at the Marine Corps Movie Minute. Uh, just on Facebook, we have a Podbean site. Just put us in there, and you'll find us. 
And uh, I look forward to my uh, episodes coming up on About Time about uh, Graham Curry. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed them. The legendary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It'll, yeah, it's time travel. It's, it's in the past already. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, to the listeners, because they won't know, we're recording this on the 29th of July, 2020. So this is months ahead. I, haven't, I, I can work out the exact fixed date. 114. Oh, isn't that like the credits? No, that's no. Walking I, on the I, beach. I cut the credits out. Ah, oh, okay. You're able to send over one fourteen, Robert, and we yep. can take a take a little look at that. Could they not just like live forever? Sort of. Like, could they not just like go back in time? I thought about when this. they were a kid, and then just live their life again, but differently. Like if Tim got, if Tim got like, I don't know, if he was, say Tim got shot, right, and he, you know, as he was slowly bleeding out, he like, you know, held on, made his way into a cupboard, went back in time to like when he was ten, and then just relives all of his life up to that moment again, and then just doesn't get shot. Like assuming it's not an instant death, I guess you could mm-hmm. with anything, just relive over and over and over again. Yeah, maybe his dad does. Maybe that's how he gets so much rating done. He just keeps going back to that 50th birthday when he retired. I think it was you two. You said, like, wondering if the dad, Tim's dad, went back in time and changed yeah. Tim. Tim. So he had yeah, a different child, went back in time, and then came back and Tim was there. Hence, that's why he knows I mean? that you can't... So, yeah. 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 At some point so he did. must have done it. Because right. he knows. Yeah, so... there's There's... One part of being a mistake, and then there's been like a time mistake. <laughs> like that's a proper mistake. <laughs> like it always be really weird you. if you came back and the baby was very similar but not quite the same, and it's just kind of creepy. Oh yeah, it took it took a. So you don't really realize. Oh yeah, like like, like, like he has like he has a birthmark on his yeah. back or something, that's and they don't realize until. Baby. That's what I said on the show, is you can threaten that kid anytime. I could just... Yeah, you. No, if you don't shut up, I'll turn this car around. <laughs> you don't shut up, I'm erasing you out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> That's another way of, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can take you out of it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and quite literally, yeah. Yeah, you never existed in this world. <laughs> the kid tackles him as he's trying to get You were a mistake. Closet. I prefer Timmy. <laughs> I prefer Timmy Jr. Yeah. Oh my goodness, imagine like, them getting, well like, a character getting drunk, and going back in time, and just not being like, in, oh. a, in a right state of mind, as he goes back in. No. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta stay sober when you're a time traveler. He goes back in time to the wrong point, or he, or he ends up in some sort of mid, midpoint. He just doesn't, doesn't aim his time travel quite correctly, and ends up in some sort of midpoint where he doesn't exist either. He's erased himself. Instead of a designated driver, himself. he's got a designated keep me out of the cupboard. Imagine, imagine, imagine Tim places. turning to Jay and saying, if I get drunk, make sure I don't go into the cupboard. <laughs> Bad <laughs> things yeah. happen when I'm in don't that cupboard. Go don't let me go to the bathroom alone. Make sure the light's on. <laughs> he only drinks at bars that are really bright. Mm. Yeah, he's, people are really confused to why Tim's a, like a, a heavy daytime drinker. I don't drink it. Man. It's too dead. <laughs> I can't risk it. <laughs> I love that explanation. It's like, why are you drinking like too dark? <laughs> Last time I drank, I had twins. <laughs>
the thing is, this this week I wasn't going to use quotes for episode titles, but that would have been that would have been one. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> is this the last episode? Is it, or is this going to uh, be one? No, that the, put... the commentary is what we're thinking is the last one, but this is the this is the last Monday. This would be. The Should we do a bad oh. review, Robert? You oh, don't no. know about this yet, Rhys. <laughs> I do not know about this. As of towards the latter part of the show, every Monday we read a bad review for about time. Okay. It was right. suggested by one of our guests, Callum, as he said that some of the bad reviews are really funny, and they really are. I decided, and I've edited out every time we actually mention the reviewer's name, because I don't want any listeners to just go and give hate to the reviewer. One star. This film made me angry. It had me fooled to begin with, as it introduces the scene in a thoroughly charming fashion. It started to get irritating when Rachel McAdams and her fringe showed up on screen. I don't think the fringe was enough to ruin the film, despite the incessant mentions they got on the script. But it was around the point when I started to notice that the story and the character's behaviour was idiotic. The direction was appalling, with all sorts of stupid montages that were irritating as hell. The more it went on, the more annoyed I got with the pathetic execution of its conceit. I could see it was trying to be humorous and charming, but even that was coming across as annoying. Cinematography was really poor. So many scenes were afflicted with a wishy-washy look and clearly inappropriate contrast ratio settings. It made me wonder if anyone was bothering to check what they just filmed. I really don't think there's anything redeeming here by the time it ended. One of the worst British movies I've seen. Spoiler notes. I didn't realise there was so much... I thought the review was finished. The plot seemed potentially good to begin with, and it certainly had a comedic charm with the initial introduction to the family and the concept that the men can travel within their own lifetime. So Also, quickly, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Don't be dissing Rachel McAdams, Fringe, all right? (laughs) So you lost me there, right? I would have been like, okay, you got some fair points, but you lost me right at the start. Carry on. So basically, Quantum Leap then. They didn't try to clarify the technical details of this. Like, if you time jump, what happens if you meet your duplicate within the time frame? That's not how this time travel works. Right. It's mostly cl- that that comment was me as well. I think what the listeners, what the viewers will see, but the listeners won't, is when I'm talking about myself, I go closer to the microphone, and when I'm reading <laughs> the review, I go here. Uh, they didn't try to clarify the technical details of this, like a time jump. It's mostly clear that if you that you replace him, yet you have your original memories before you jumped. This is a concept movie to show you time travel wouldn't be the solution to your daily problems. You're you're not expected to question this too much. A bit like Groundhog Day. Mm. Good, yeah. Oh, it's like... so they liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Groundhog Day was a good film. That the first time he time travels, it just reminded me of Groundhog Day. Because you know the first time all this stuff is happening, like the table, like them falling over the table. Yeah. You know, at the party, and then him going back and realizing and it's all going through and is stopping it all. I was like, oh, that's that reminded me of Groundhog Day. I right? think Richard Curtis said something about like deliberately not watching Groundhog Day when writing it or something. There was like, because yeah. I think a few people asked him about that. It's about having an allegory to say carpe diem sort of thing, or at least it should be. Totally fails to have that impact because it's nothing unsurprising or earth shattering, and because it didn't add anything innovative, there were two points where this idea almost got interesting. One where his original meeting with the girl was wiped as he tries to save his father's friend's play from being a disaster, and later when choosing between his sister and his baby. It was also idiotic when he meets Margot Robbie again and almost has a misstep, only to rush up and propose. Then the proposal is redone. In fact, their entire relationship is based on a lie is highly questionable too. But then that's the least of its problems. At least the tone of the film informs you that you're not supposed to see that as a problem. (laughs) The other thing that annoys me is it makes up the rules as it goes. We're only getting to see the results without getting any sense that the character is acting rationally. He's jumping around, saving his sister. Suddenly he can time travel with another person. Then he's jumping back to his future and everything's the same except his baby? Why? Because the timing was slightly out and the specific sperm that created the baby had changed? Yes. 
so he jumps again to undo this. But how? How does he get back to having the exact same sperm? Okay, let's assume that it's, that, that is possible. This leads to the much bigger plot hole towards the end. As far, I mean, the, the, the main thing that I think we say is that he just goes back in time so that he's to when not he going to, to when he went yeah. back in time so he doesn't do it. Yeah. So he jumps again to undo this, but how? How does it get back to having exact same sperm? Okay, let's assume this is possible. This leads to the much bigger plot hole towards the end. His father has died, but he keeps jumping back to see him. Then his wife says, let's have another baby. He knows that if he conceives the baby, then any further jumping back will change it, i.e. inevitably, i.e. effectively kill it and replace it with another. So he conceives and it keeps jumping back. WTF. Seems he doesn't care it's changing every time. That he, um, What's he conception does. of birth? Yeah. He does that because it's not born yet and he hasn't got to know it, so he doesn't, so he doesn't care. I'm fine with that. It makes sense. Either that or the writer doesn't expect audience to care about this consequence. The fact is, I got a distinct impression the writer didn't care about the audience, and that annoyed me too. But the issue with the... Con- I mean, Richard clearly cares about the audience if he's listening to this show. Like, that we, we, that, that, that sort of proves instantly that point is wrong. But the fact that... Yeah, it didn't care about the audience, and that annoyed me too. But the issue with this conundrum he has to face of never seeing his father again or having a new baby makes no sense that he was able to correct it the first time he switched his baby. So if it's fixable, then there's no reason he can't keep going back to see his father. Ridiculous. I think we discussed this as well, because it is the obvious plot hole. That's not a plot hole, but that's just... It's the point where he just learns to let go, isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't need to keep doing it. And if it takes so much effort and screw and screwing up to do so, then it's about the point where he goes, okay, now's when we say goodbye. And so it's such a horribly execute concept film that I think it's forever tarnished everyone involved. And here's a comment which has been said in almost every review we've read, I think. Except Bill Nye, he's still cool. <laughs> The only reason I'm giving this the lowest mark, I'm sorry, the only reason I'm not giving this the lowest mark is that the first ten minutes were good. Had a few good music tracks, though most of the score was dire, disagree, and that the idea could have been worthwhile, but this is a low two. I should say, by the way, low two, I guess they mean two out of ten, because they gave us one star, I think, which isn't two. Yeah. If they want to hear us talk about the music, ages ago, now Robert, your wife's podcast. My Life is a Playlist. We talked about, about time and the music in that, so if they haven't heard that, they can check that out. The one final sentence or two is, IMDB was just looking at what else Richard Curtis has written, and it's a good mixture of really good stuff and really bad stuff. Chalk this up as one of the really bad ones. Some people, they have no taste. <laughs> and the people commenting agree. So I'm going to get hunted down, aren't I? Everyone in the comments of this person's reviews agree. I might not plug my social media now. I'm scared I'm going to get attacked. <laughs> Delete the social medias of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, so where can the listeners find you on social media? You can find me on the Facebook at Reese Ord, Instagram, Reese.o underscore zero two, and my Twitter is at Ord underscore Reese. Robert, where can they find you? Robert E.G. Black on social media or lemmingdrops.com for links to all my stuff. Listen to find me on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero. Instagram at Ginger Luke, Facebook Luke Allen Film, all podcasts, radio appearance, new favorite articles, short films. Everything I'm remotely involved in is at lukeallen.co.uk. This show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Men's About Time. They can join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things to do with About Time. We're also on IMDb at Two Minutes About Time. That's one of the first times I've nailed that, probably because I've listened to that so many I'll times. I'll say, you're getting faster. I did a really fast one. 
in an episode probably not too long ago because I edited that pretty recently where I didn't even know what I was saying, but it was very no. <laughs> Hello, it's Luke from Editing here. I kind of realised that Katie never got to stay on social media because her internet went and all of that, so here I'm now going to just insert audio from one of her episodes where she says on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, both the same name. Uh, it's just my name, Katie Proctor, but the Katie has two eyes. <laughs> The next question is goodbyes, because I didn't Google an interesting way to say can goodbye. I, can I, can I? Can yes. I, I thought this would might be a bit interesting, right? So why don't you say that, because it's going to be one of the last episodes, right? Yeah. Why don't you use the last line in the film? Yeah, so Reese, you can repeat that line. You can finish right. off this Monday. Yay. <laughs> no pressure, but you are no going to finish off the, uh, the um, penultimate, <laughs> penultimate episode. Right. You ready? That's how penultimate works. Yeah. <laughs> Count me in. Three, two, one. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemon Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions.